Hello and welcome to the third episode of Underscore. Today we're joined by Jordan Chanks from Friendly Geordies as part of our federal election series. Yeah, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Jordan is an Australian YouTuber who makes a lot of political satirical content. Um, he is currently on tour um, doing his show, John Howard Really Sucked. Um, so he was in Canberra doing a show last night, actually. And so he came and joined us in the studio. Yeah, we spoke to him about his whole YouTube series, like where that came from, um, as well as what his thoughts are on Australia's media landscape. And what he hopes to achieve out of his work. Cool. We hope you enjoy do you want to introduce yourself? All right. My name's Jordan Shanks and I run the YouTube channel Friendly Geordies. And, uh, well, that's, we're all up to date, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been doing that? Ooh, damn, almost six years now. Five and a half years. I remember, uh, yeah. No, because there was that little weird period before I started doing politics where it was just me naked in a clown wig. Now it's <laughs> some facts with me being naked in a clown wig. So six years. <laughs> well, <laughs> then how did you make that transition from those yeah. um, clown wigs to political content? I don't know, actually. It, it, it is a mystery to even me. It was just one of those videos went well and all the other videos surprisingly didn't. Um, and so I started doing more of politics and then I just got weirdly obsessed with it. And then it, now everyone's always going, just pay out triple J more, shut up about politics. But I can't now. I'm obsessed <laughs> with it. So did you, it was the audience reaction that made you want to keep doing it? Originally, yeah. But now it's the inverse. Now my audience wants me to stop. <laughs> but sorry, it's not happening. <laughs> But why, why do you want to talk about these issues? Why do you think it's important? Because no one else does. It's, it scares me. It scares me looking at the media and what they report on anything. So, for instance, with negative gearing, how the, the general theme is, oh, my God, your rent is going to go up. That's what negative gearing is going to hit. Poor people. That's what they're trying to sell. And so once you see through that, that matrix lie... You just feel compelled to keep exposing it because no one else does. Spineless twats. Sorry, but... <laughs> <laughs> Spineless twats. <laughs> Personal attack. <laughs> so when you say the audience asking you, like, don't, uh, like, no more politics, is that because they're, like, sick of politics or...? Yeah, it's because they're sick of politics and they're sick of me having the same slant every time. It's just, just look, I, look, I, this is a huge problem. You know what the answer is? Voting Labour. It's every, every video. So <laughs> I think they get the message. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. They just, I think they want a new spin on things. That's another part of it as well. But it's just, no, sorry, there is no new spin. Why is there no new spin? Why is it always vote Labour? Because they're the only institute, uh, the only instrument that can actually counter these extremely cashed up forces that no one even knows really exist unless you're really deeply into it. So, for instance, like the Minerals Council or, um, y you know, like the Business Council, all of these lobbyist groups are essentially just the outside parliament version of the Liberal Party. But it's all this cabal of a few elite groups that control 
all the decisions in this country. And most people aren't aware of that. And then they go, oh, yeah, the Labor Party's disappointing us because they have to negotiate with that extremely powerful lobby group and no one understands that. And so then they go, oh, this is hopeless. I'm just going to vote for independence. Yeah, mad. What, like Darren Hinch? Yeah, he's going to solve it. It's just... People just don't understand enough about the sis. They don't understand how serious the 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 uh, the game is tilted against them. I think that's why I have to keep holding that, hmm. which is that you kind of need to get everyone to gather into the biggest force to counteract it. Anyway, that's it. Yeah. But who are you talking to? Who is the audience? You know who I found is actually my audience is mostly. Well, there's a lot of. There's a lot of nerds. I'll say that. There's a lot of computer nerds. That that's that's the core base. But then there's also a lot of uni kids. And because I do a lot of videos that aren't politically related, unless it comes to election time, and then I'm just like as ardent as the telegraph is. But otherwise, I'm doing other videos that get just a lot of stoners and people that would listen to Triple J watching it. And they're the people that you think... Because you know what, actually? I take full credit for this. This is 100% me. It has to be. But there was this video, that, uh, there was this, hack came out in 2016 with this poll that said 44% of young Australians think there's no difference between the two major parties. That's down 20% from the last election. No one else in the mainstream media says it. Either they say the Liberal Party's this fantastic god entity, or they say that both parties are shit. I'm the only one that says no, the Labour Party is way better than the Liberal Party is. And I swear to God, that is just from me just saying that same thing for six years over and over again. I think that that is just, it just kind of seeps out into the general public if that's the, if at least someone's saying it. So, yeah, I think that's, that's who you're talking to is just young drug addicts. I need to talk about politics yeah. too. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, why do you think those people... They've got to vote. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, why do you think those people are, like, listening to you? Because I talk about funny shit, and most <laughs> people don't. Most people just sit there and they just go, I don't know. It's just the same thing over and over again. It's just a stat saying, the Great Barrier Reef needs your help, blah, 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 blah. It's just that. But I think that if you just put in a bunch of different jokes, namely being naked and screaming... <laughs> that that gets those people involved. I think also it's just my humor's kind of stonery to begin with. So they're going to be attracted. Drugos are going to be attracted to it. <laughs> um, so weird saying this in ANU. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do you? What's the process like when you come up with the video? What's the how do you like? how do you make it funny every time? Well, the thing is, you start off with writing out the facts and then, because pretty much humour is the exact opposite part of the brain as facts. I don't know where it is. I'm, don't, don't ask me. You, you probably know way more about it. But this, I'm not actually sure that that's a fact. Yeah, I don't think that's true. <laughs> <Is it? laughs> but it feels like that. It feels like when you're doing a video, you, when you're doing facts, you are not in a mood to be funny. And so then afterwards, when you write out all the facts, then you just kind of relax a little more and you start thinking. You, it feels like your brain is thinking in a different way. That's when the humor comes in afterwards. So that's the process. <laughs> Basically, you write what GetUp does and then you just make more jokes. 
<laughs> and how does your rest of your team come into that process? Uh, the editors, mostly. So I've got two full-time editors. And pretty much I just hand them the video. And then they put in actually a lot of funny images that I wouldn't have thought of as well. And so they do that. Sometimes I get researchers depending on how complicated the video is or how many other videos I'm doing at the time. And then sometimes now I have enough to get writers to just make me videos that are non-politically related so I can just focus on politics more. And then I just go out and just market like a kindergarten teacher just being like, that's funny? That, oh, that's awful. No, not <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, that's, that's the process. But the, the, mostly it's the editors. They've just taken off such a burden from my shoulders. Mm. I feel like... You know when Atlas tricked someone else to hold the world? That's my editors are the people that I've tricked to. <laughs> they're, they're them. And how, how, did you always want to do this kind of stuff? Or, like, were you always into doing stand-up comedy? When did you get into that? Stand-up comedy? Well, comedy, stand-up comedy, performing. Hmm, good question. 15. 15? I think it was when we did Class Clowns which is kind of like Raw, but for... Do you guys know what Raw is? Probably not. No. no. It's just some Triple J comedy thing, and it's always just because Triple J is so shit. Same thing every time. It's just like, <laughs> so how weird porn? Yes, we get it. Can you have any other topics? Anyway. anyway uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's Triple J rant. I want to hear more about this later. <laughs> Um, oh, I would be very happy to serve, but uh, the uh, it was just it was just the kind. Uh, sorry, it's the high school version of that. I did well in that, and ever since then, I just kind of kept focusing more on comedy. I think it takes it's pretty it's pretty accurate for everybody. Nobody gets into comedy and starts making money straight away. There's really that five to ten year gap if you make it at all. I still know people that have been doing it for 20 years that don't make a cent, so it's, it's a strange game. But I think when I started making money would have been from YouTube. So mm. maybe three years ago. So what's that? 15 to 23, eight years, something like that. Eight years of nothing. Eight years of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and what made you decide to go like online to YouTube? Because I started doing internships at the ABC and then realised that they are shit. <laughs> Not was just it at Triple J? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't cool enough for Triple J. I was at The Roast, which was a political satire show. And A, I just watched it and realised that there's nothing that annoys me more, as you'll probably see from my content. I like the fact that Burdock has the balls to just go, no, fuck you, the Liberal Party's mad. At least it has a flavour. I hate how the ABC sits there and goes, well, I don't know, I'm just going to play dumb. Can I have some money? Just, no, you can't have any of my money. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you don't provide a service. You just sit there and, like, cower. Um, <laughs> and that was them as a... St uh, uh, they're supposed to be satire, but they still have that... A it's, it's ABC 24, but with jokes. And the jokes are very ABC 24. So they have no biting feel to them which is what satire is to begin with it has to be biting for it to be funny mm -hmm. so it's failing on both accounts it is not educating the audience and it was lame 
And on top of that, it had that same ABC thing of just uh, you ask everyone there and it's just, okay, so have you done any comedy in your life? No, but uh, so what are you doing here? Oh, I'm the son of Kerry O'Brien. Oh, well, that, yeah, that, that you deserve a job, don't you? Your dad's good. <laughs> You're not. <laughs> I'll say that right right out of this podcast. Whoever that guy is, I can't remember his name is, but damn, he sucks. Anyway, keep going. (laughs) So then from the roast to YouTube? Yeah, I just went straight. You know, I started smoking as a result of working at the roast. I couldn't get out of the bed in in the morning. I needed a drug hit to to go to work. (laughs) I was so depressed going there. And so then I found out, so stupid, because you know what? I was in that generational gap of maybe a year or two of not realizing that YouTube's a thing because right. YouTube just started out when I was in high school. And if I was just a couple of years younger, I don't think I would have gone to university. I think I just would have chucked a Neil Cole hat car and just gone straight into YouTube. But it took me a couple of years for kids younger than me to go, did you know that people make money on YouTube? And then I thought, well, what am I doing here? And then I just started doing that obsessively. Yeah. In my room. It was a dark few years, I'll give you that. But that's what happened. <laughs> but then <laughs> you started really making money thing. off of it. And, I mean, you started taking money from unions. Um, and yeah. th- that was a big reveal. What, did, what was that whole experience like? Well, it wasn't even that much. It was yeah. like one video. Mm-hmm. And it was, ooh, for the shocking uh, social engineering role of getting kids to enroll to vote. <laughs> I know. I know. Like, it was amazing that BuzzFeed had the audacity to turn around and go, did you know he's taking money so that you fulfill your legal and democratic right? Shocking. Anyway, here's a bunch of videos on why Chevron is the tit. Uh, also, click on these videos about why Smirnoff is a sick vodka. The, these organizations dare looking their nose down on me. And they have paid in blood as a result because I've never shut up since about how much how shit BuzzFeed is and specifically calling out journalists. And they have nothing to say in response. And all they can say is, you're just jealous that we revealed... I mean, you're just angry that we revealed that you got paid by a union, to which my response is, yep. And you're still, like, you are going to pay a hundredfold in flesh. And that, that, <laughs> <laughs> because they and they deserve it as well. It is it is sickening to me. The first off, unions, the thing that gave us Medicare, superannuation, the NDIS, virtually everything that is good. Like the only reason that we are one of these envy of the world countries is because we had a strong union. For them to turn around and say, this guy got video money for one video out of hundreds of videos that he's done supporting the unions most of the time to support the unions, hidden agenda. For them to turn around and say that when they're completely sponsored by the most evil corporations on earth, the ones that are mostly responsible for land clearing in, in the Amazon, in, uh, sorry, in Indonesia and... Um, you know, rubber plantations, some of the most environmentally destructive companies on earth, and they have the audacity to out me for funding. But the other thing is, I haven't been funded by anyone for the last three years. But, um, yeah, that, not so much that my audience actually cared, it just annoyed me that these institutions could dare look down on anyone for funding. <laughs> so, so ever since then, I've had a huge vendetta against click sites. And on top of that, just hipster scum that don't know what they're talking about. It's the same thing as always. It's all these people that are very disinterested in politics in general. They just want a job 
that affords them enough to have coke on the weekend. I think that's that's all they seem to care about. They're just awful people. Sorry. <laughs> don't apologize <laughs> but they really are you would hang out with them it just, honestly, I, do, I, would I do respect the conversation a lot it's one of the few papers or journalistic institutions that says anything of substance so I do respect that but Jesus Christ I do not know how you sit in the same room as BuzzFeed and this is what I heard as well apparently the guy that outed me Who's so journal? You know the Walter Cronkite of this generation. wasn't Wasn't he? What didn't? Wasn't he almost barred from the Canberra Press Gallery because of how unscrupulous his journalistic methods are? What was his name? Ah, fuck, Mark D. Stefano. Oh, he's in the UK now. Yeah. Yeah. And again, doesn't that make so much sense? The the, the UK press, the most rabid trash press on earth, and then they looked at. Mark D. Stefano's portfolio and went, hmm, you're just scummy enough for us. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what happened. And, it, on, and on, in, in general, God, those journalists in a realm of, for who I have zero respect for, just the journalistic community in general, but they look down on them. So they just must be just absolute filth. But... I'll stop ranting about it. Let's but I, I, I do want to, like, hear, though, like, what do you hope to achieve then through your channel? Do you maybe hope to get journalists to stop being shit, as you mm. call them? No. I don't think they're ever going to not be shit. First of all, I think they come from that elite little bubble. Usually they have parents that are in the that decision-making bubble or they're in that gross little bourgeois bubble of, they're always that. A lot of them are those kids of people that are just like, yeah, I'm a director for the Arts Council and I approve a bunch of shit plays, usually looking down on people from the western suburbs who actually pay the taxes for our shit plays. Uh, yep, nobody comes to see them, but uh, you still have to pay for them. It's, it's like that type of person. So they come from a gross upbringing anyway. The, the way they see the world is very Marie Antoinette. So I don't expect them to like change their opinions. They wouldn't be hired in the first place if they didn't because you can't not have the view of the Sydney Morning Herald and be employed by the Sydney Morning Herald. So I don't expect them to change at all. I just expect someone to call them out. Really, I just wish that there was more people doing it, pretty much. Is that what you're hoping like your audience will take from your videos then? Yes. And I think that they do as well. Because you can see it. As soon as I attack some journalistic institution, you see them in the comments, constantly commenting about them doing it over and over. Because they pull the same tricks. They're not smart. Most journalists are pretty stupid. You meet the occasional ones that are really intelligent and really switched on, but they're usually investigative journalists. Your day run-of-the-mill ones of going, oh, my God, Pauline Hanson said something in Parliament. <laughs> Those people are shit. They're just really dumb. That's what I hope anyway. Because it is. It's a few tricks. It's the same thing as like when I was calling out the feed and they were just, they always pull that same thing of like Labor's refugee policy is trash. And they, they pick a couple of issues to just go, see, they're the same. Mm. It's the same song and dance. Yeah. Well, what about your live shows? How, when you're doing those live shows, what are the reactions that you get in different cities from what you're, in your content? It actually just depends on the city. Yeah. Brisbane's a fun town. Adelaide's good. Perth's good. You know what? It's everywhere except for Sydney. Mm-hmm. Uh, Canberra's pretty crap. No. <laughs> 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 but 
again. It's because this co- this this is not a city, is it? It's just a big brain. It's that. I don't know. Do you remember that episode of Futurama where Bender goes to this robot? I've never watched Futurama in my life. Well, anyway. That's it. It's just a. Uh, it's just not. Uh, it's, there's clearly no flavour to Canberra. That's the whole point of Canberra. It's, I, I, I like Canberra. I respect that it exists. I'm really glad it exists as well. I think it's a really good thing that it does. But uh, fun is not the first word you think when you think of Canberra. But you know what's great? Perth. Perth is opposite Canberra. No one knows anything about politics. It's just a bunch of extremely hot women and small midgety men <laughs> punching each other after 6pm. Like, really early on. They just, they just start going hard. It's just a, and, but at the same time, really nice. Just being like, you're a legend. Excuse me for a second. <laughs> that's my fucking Casper. That's, that's her. And so they're a, great, they're a great town to perform to. Yeah. <laughs> they're just fun people. Brisbane as well. Brisbane's great. What do people come and talk to you about after shows? Now oh, a bunch of other stuff. Usually it's always, when's the next Yumas coming out? That's mostly what I get. 80% would be that. What else do they talk about? When's the next random breath test coming out? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then you get obsessive people that come up and like, I've made this manifesto. Do you want to read it? And the answer oh, is always, no. yeah, absolutely. Anyway, can the security just, yep, let's just move <laughs> that guy away. <laughs> it's always the last few people at the end of the show. The last few people that wait around. You just see how twitchy their eyes are and you think, nah, this isn't going to be fun. Okay. Are you suspicious? <laughs> You're like, oh no. I know, yeah, you know. He's so dishevelled as well, just just no <laughs> understanding of social norms so that you just think, fuck, why me? <laughs> <laughs> so how do you decide, like, taking similar, like, what content do you put on stage and what content do you keep in the videos? Is it the, the mm. same? Or? No, what... What I do for stand-up is it just has to be something that really interests me. So the first one was all about self-help. The second one was about Malcolm Turnbull's life, which actually, I've got to say, it didn't interest me at all, but I liked doing the character <laughs> dressing up. <laughs> but he, uh, man, his life sucked. It was pretty much this. I sat at a desk for 60 years and got extremely wealthy by sitting at a desk. Now I'm Prime Minister. It was so lame. There was nothing to his life at all. I, I would not... I don't envy that man in the slightest, despite the fact he's one of the richest men in Australia. He can keep all that money. His life was lame. Uh, but I still made it into a stand-up show, and I guess it was kind of interesting. For the, it was because you just make it into a character. The caricature... The idea of what Malcolm Turnbull thinks of himself is funny. He himself as a human being is... Just cardboard. But then the next one after that is just about how John Howard... The, the myth of why John Howard is this incredible economic manager where if you look mm-hmm. into it for longer than 30 seconds, it's very obvious that he was awful. And the whole, th- the whole video is just... Sorry, the whole stand-up show is about that because it interested me just how deep his mismanagement went. It's just cartoonishly bad. But it is amazing that the legend still stands strong. And most Australians think he was just this economic rap god. <laughs> Little Eminem reference there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I think it's good though, right? Because like, I feel like 
when we maybe grew up, he was the prime minister that was yeah. in power. So, like we all know, we only know of him as being the like longest standing prime minister. Yeah, the myth. Right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. It's like having that like debunked for that audience is important. I think so too. Yeah, because especially when you look at polling, and he's still by a wide margin regarded as the best prime minister we ever had. The facts say the exact opposite. You know, one little teaser for my show. His, uh, the IMF did a study of 200 years of fiscal policy in this country. It came back that John Howard was by a mile, as in the Usain Bolt of shit economic managers. He was just way ahead of the pack in terms of how poor his spending decisions were. Yet he is regarded to this day as the best. It's incredible what media can do. That's what I'm saying. You're, you're constantly against that. That's why I hate the media so much, because you see it. You'll see that Bill Shorten clearly dominated Scott Morrison in the debate, but mm-hmm. they put it on 7-2, which, like, I didn't even know there was a 7-2. I thought it was 7-mate, but no, there's five Channel 7s now. Who'd have thought? And, and then now they, we all know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no one watched it. The whole time the questioning was really skewed against Bill Shorten to begin with, but he still came out on top. No one watched the actual debate. Then you go look at all of Murdoch's press, the vast majority of press in general, and it's all just, Scott Morrison wipes the floor with Bill Shorten. It's the same thing that happened to Bernie Sanders against Hillary Clinton in the debates. They know no one watches the debates, and then they just create the narrative after that. Oh, I'm going back into the... Uh, sorry, I'll, I'll, yeah, <laughs> the point is John Howard. Yeah, the yeah. awful man. Good. True. Um, I guess I have one last question for you, and I want to know what your goal is for your YouTube channel in the near future. What do you want out of it? I want a million subs. I'm still working Subscribe on it. Subscribe to Friendly Jordy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's just it's way too niche. What I'm proud of is the fact that I'm one of the major YouTubers in this country, but I'm, I'm down on the scale. Oh, I'm mid-range, mid-range. But I've just been talking about politics mainly. The fact that I've been able to accrue an audience that large, I'm proud of. But I would like to be one of the bigger ones. I, look, the fact that Chloe Morello just has 1.6 million about, hey guys, I'm going to show you how to do a slightly different eyeliner this time. So what you do <laughs> instead of getting a blue eyeliner is you get a green eyeliner, and then your eyes look green. She's got 1.6 million subs. Maybe you should start doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. Jordan's beauty vlog. And then it starts, always starts with me going, Mwah. but I think they're also, <laughs> <laughs> I think the beginning always, it's, it's always that all the top YouTubers have this as the beginning. Hey guys, maybe I should start. Maybe that's the key to success. Hey guys, <laughs> welcome to Friendly Choices. <laughs> I think that's it. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, that's the goal. Pretty much if I can have the same audience size as channel nine or channel seven, I will die a happy man. How much is that audience size? It's about a million, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't I, that think, the I think it's like high 700,000. Yeah, around, around like... No around yeah, that's a million. <laughs> yeah. 700,000. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not too bad, actually. Yeah. I'm only 500,000 off. You're so close. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much yeah. for your time. This was really fun. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
Thanks so much for listening to our latest episode. That was Jordan Shanks from Friendly Geordies and we had such a fun time having a chat with him. Absolutely. And you can have a fun time too um, by subscribing to us <laughs> at your podcast app. Follow us at underscore podcast on Instagram. Yeah. And I uh, just wanted to thank the Australian National Centre for the Public Awareness of Science for our studio. Cool. All right. Catch you later. Bye. <laughs>